you the quantum mechanics? Yes, we are the quantum mechanics, the podcast that delves under the hood of the paranormal, the strange and the unexplained. And we're coming to you from, I guess, our natural environment, a lovely pub in Tame in Oxfordshire, uh, which apparently is one of the most haunted pubs in the area. Is that true, Ben? Well, so the landlady tells me there is the spirit of a previous landlady who uh, hangs out in different parts of the bar. And if you doubt her presence, she will fill your... uh, uh, lap and table with spilt beer i've seen it done before so um i'm rather hoping that if we uh, do this with deference to her she won't come and uh interfere with our recording yeah we don't want spirits messing with our spirit no um so let's tell you a little bit about why we are doing this podcast um for me it's about when i talk to people about these subjects the kind of paranormal the unexplained whether it be ufos conspiracy theories um you tend to get kind of two polarising views on it. They're the people who just seem to religiously believe in it and no matter what you say to them or what other alternative uh, solutions or evidence you give, they're just not going to sway from their opinion. And then on the other hand, you've got people who just dismiss it completely out of hand, who almost quite aggressively think these people are mad crazies who are, are just making this stuff up. And it struck me that... Well, actually, it seems like a subject that should be looked at in more of a kind of middle ground agnostic point of view. I don't know what you think, Ben. Yeah, I think that's right. And there isn't very much to be gained in having a preconception either way. I think if we really want to understand what is behind all the ghost sightings, all the cryptid sightings, uh, everybody who sees strange lights in the sky, we can't just write it off as oh, that's something weird, or it didn't happen. There's a there's a third way, and I, and I suppose this is the third way, hopefully. Yeah, um, another thing I wanted to say is that uh, none of this is made up. This What you're going to hear in the next hour or so is going to be a, somebody's genuine story. Um, and for me, that's what it's all about. It's about uh, bringing some of these stories uh, to a wider audience. You know, if we can kind of find some of the science behind it and what's going on, I think that's great. But if not, we've just brought you some great stories. And uh, Ben, I think you've got an intriguing story to kick us off with. Yeah, I have. Um, There's somebody I want to introduce you to who uh, is the teller of the story and it happened to her. I got to know her through walking our dogs together and she seemed like the most unlikely person to have uh, a paranormal tale to tell. And then when she found out about this project, she uh, let rip with a tale that really made me kind of step back and go, goodness, uh, I've that's extraordinary. Um, and so probably the best thing I could do is introduce you to her now. Uh, this is Nikki. Hello. So um, could you just tell us, what do you, what do you do for a living now? Because I think that's slightly pertinent to the whole thing. Yeah, okay. So uh, now I'm teaching uh, in a primary school. Um, working with uh, children with all sorts of uh, learning difficulties. I also work with children that don't have learning difficulties. Um, I assist the school. I caretake for the school. Um, I work in a very lovely little school in the middle of a village. And it's very old and ancient. It's actually a thatched schoolhouse. It's quite a unique little thing. It's beautiful. Yeah, so very happy where I'm at, but that's not what I always did. Yeah. No. So this... The story that you've got, when you first told me it, I was 
I was kind of blown away because it's the stuff it's the stuff of films really. It starts what eleven years ago really. Yep. Yep. I'd say. Yep. So, could you just describe what? Where were you in your life, and what was the very first moment? Because the the thing that you described that happened the very first time sent chills down my spine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. I think it's hard to put a fine point on when it actually all started happening, to be honest, because it sort of, it only really came to my mind much, much later uh, that that something untoward was happening. But basically, um, I had separated from my husband. Uh, we'd been living in this house in Ilma for quite some years, and um, we we were pretty poles apart. You know, it's quite a tumultuous time, I would say. Uh, there was a lot of adjustment and my children were very young. They were sharing a bedroom uh, in bunk beds and they loved sharing a bedroom. And, you know, it was a very kind of cosy scene in there. And my son, who incidentally had not had sleeping problems like my daughter had had before, he started waking up in the night several times, uh, especially around the two three o'clock in the morning time you know when you're in your deepest darkest sleep I'd wake up to my son crying and and sometimes I'd leave him and sometimes he'd go back to sleep but then he'd wake up again or sometimes he'd wake up in a real hysteria and I'd go straight in and 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 try and settle him and he's about two and a half at this point at this point he's about two and a half um so this was happening at least I don't know, five times a week. Uh, So you can imagine I'm not getting much sleep now Um, and it's getting desperate. And I I was rushing to him more than not now because I was worried that he was going to wake up my daughter and if she woke up, then I'd have two children awake and, you know, it would just be an ever-decreasing circle. So I would go to him and the odd thing was that he would always be happy to see me. He was always a bit of a mummy's boy, if I'm honest. But in these moments he would hug me very very tightly but then he would push me away he would push me out of his arms he wanted to get away from me and look at me and say no 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 get away get away but then he would come back into his sort of sleepy mode and his eyes would close again and he'd hug me tight mummy 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 help me mummy help me mummy so he would look at me as if I was somebody else And that was obvious to me. But I know that children have dreams and they don't always wake up. And I was fully explaining a lot of this away. Um, But this was happening more and more and more. And of course, I'm getting desperate. So I took him to the doctor. I tried to rationalise it, tried to get them to help me. Okay, let's make the bedroom cooler because children tend to have bad dreams a lot when they're hot. We moved Theo down from the top bunk down to the bottom bunk so that he was on the kind of cooler part of it. The heating was never on in his room. In fact, I'd switched it off an hour before we all went to bed. So I'm trying to eliminate the possibilities of him waking up and having bad dreams. But it's not going away. And it just keeps on happening. He then starts mumbling things. Um... When I'm asking him questions, he's mumbling things that are almost incoherent. And one night, it it sort of, I made sense of it. And he said, no, the man, the man. And he kept saying about the man. 
And I'd say, what man? And he'd say, he's going to hurt me. That was the first thing he would say. Uh, And then he'd say, he's got a stick with a sharp thing on the end of it. He only said that to me once. Um, But subsequently, later down the line, when things started unfolding, somebody else said that to me as well. So at, at this point, this sounds, like you say, this sounds like it could be a nightmare... Uh, a recurring nightmare. A recurring nightmare. It could be a fantasy. It could be, you know, you've seen something scary on the telly. I distinctly remember saying to my mum I was scared of werewolves because I'd seen American Werewolf in London from behind the sofa when my parents didn't know I was there. That that sort of thing. Yeah. So <clears throat> at this point, you're just thinking, I have a child who isn't sleeping. They're having bad dreams. But this is affecting your health at this time. Massively, yeah. And, I'm and you said you were going through quite a tumultuous time, so you must have thought, well, this kind of makes sense because of what's going on. I right? could explain it all away, and that's what you do, and that's what I did do. And at no point did I think that there was anything suspicious going on. And I would be desperate and talking to my friends about it and saying, you know, this is going on, I can't get him to sleep, it's going to happen all the time, always in the middle of the night. It was always around three o'clock he was awake always um he didn't want to come into my bedroom for comfort you know there were things that weren't really making sense lots of friends were brilliant they gave me lots of good advice I tried everything the doctors were okay I tried everything he went to see a sleep doctor at the hospital they kind of made me feel a bit like there was nothing to worry about so you know I'm trying to kind of get eliminate all the things that it could possibly be and it's not working. And it's driving me mad, actually. And and at this point, there's there's something that happens in the house that you dismiss, right? That was before. Right, okay. So when my husband and I were still together, are we talking about the wardrobe? Yeah. When my husband and I were still together, we often used to put the children to bed and cuddle on the sofa whilst we were watching a programme. And... One evening, a bright light absolutely categorically came down the stairs and took the form of a little girl and walked into the wardrobe that was in the hallway where we kept our coats. Now, we both sat up, looked at each other. Not one of us said anything, but then he said, did you see that? I said, did you see a little girl? And he said, I did. So then we've both got that horrible chilly sort of goosebumps feeling. We then trying to rationalise it and we lived in the middle of nowhere, but occasionally cars would go past us up the lane. And this had never happened before, but we thought maybe car headlights had been shining from something. A reflection had come through the glass of the doors and a trick of the light. Um, and we never really spoke about it again, but there was absolutely no doubt that we'd both seen the same thing. But but it didn't turn you into a believer. You didn't think, oh, my house is haunted. Nope. You, you probably, you, am I right in thinking, you're thinking, gosh, what an interesting optical illusion. Absolutely. Right, yeah. right. At right. every point. Right. You know, you do that. Of course. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Because the chances of a, a little girl forming out of some light and walking into your it's not wardrobe real. seems very small. Yeah, 
Yeah. Um, okay. So so by the, so so this hasn't changed your opinion. And then you fast forward a little bit, and your child is misbehaving. But again, there's nothing there that would make you think that this is anything paranormal. This is just a child with some sleep difficulties, and it's causing you health problems. It was a recurring nightmare, and I was knackered. Yeah. I'm talking to my friends. I'm desperate. At that time, I'd been talking to my friends about what I should do. I was getting desperate about finding an answer. And I kept noticing a van that would drive past me. Didn't matter where locally I was, but I seemed to drive past this van a lot. And even the first time I saw this van, I saw Amy Psychic Medium written on the side. Um, kind of looked a bit like, you know, the magical mystery bus of uh, Scooby-Doo. The mystery machine. The mystery machine, that's yeah. the one. Um and it was beautifully hand-painted. Uh, anyway, I kept seeing it. And then one day, a friend of mine said to me, it sounds like your son's possessed. Literally like a joking, flippant thing. And then something sort of hit me. And I thought, look at what is that? I mean, maybe he is. So I'm now thinking... I've got to do something about it, but what do I do about it? I don't know what to do. Um, do I get a vicar? When you say possession to you, what does that mean? It, 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 for me, for before my experience, I would have said if anyone had mentioned possession, they'd have been speaking of a memory that some film like had. Like Exorcist or something. Yeah. Precisely. Yeah. Uh, and I'd have thought that that was some kind of fable. Um, but when my son was upset in the middle of the night, he was somebody different. He was crying in a different tone. He was really disturbed. And even when he was coming into consciousness and then out of consciousness, he would change remarkably from being very scared to being soothed by mummy's comfort. And these things would happen. He would push me away and he would come in for the cuddle. This may happen 10 or 20 times in one episode, which may last over an hour. Um, I, I believe uh, we may listen to it now. We have, um, we have some recording of you recording your son talking about some of these experiences. Do you want to just explain what, what we, we're about to listen to? So what was going through my mind was that Actually, I'm on my own here. I'm, I'm, I'm really trying to help my son. And with all the people that were involved in trying to get to the bottom of what was going on with him, nobody had actually heard what I had heard. And it may seem a bit of a weird thing to do is to record your child having a really bad nightmare. It's a bit weird. But I couldn't describe it in the way that I was feeling it. And so I was desperately needing somebody else to listen to this because was I mad because I was completely exhausted? Was I getting it wrong? Was I putting words into my son's mouth? I needed somebody else's opinion. So I did record it. And actually, interestingly to me, the night that I did record it, I didn't get as much as I would have done having not recorded it. And more had happened before I got my phone out. So 
yet again, we come into that territory of you could explain it away. Maybe the recording that I had made wouldn't have given an accurate picture. Somehow, perhaps something knew that I was going to record it and wouldn't allow the same experiences to come across. And what I was feeling when my son was going through that was, was utter helplessness. And as I've said before, I consider myself a very strong person. There was nothing I could do for him. Okay, well, let's have a little listen to some of those uh, extracts now. Okay, you can calm down. That's okay. You don't have to worry. All right, you calm down in my arms, yeah? You can relax now, baby. You're scared of what, man, darling? What man's scaring you? Forget it? Okay, we'll forget it. Hmm. Oh, this is a nice I'm hug. getting freaked out. You're getting freaked out, baby. What was freaking you out? I can't remember my man. You can't remember him? I can't sleep in my bed. You can't sleep in your bed? <laughs> Whose bed do you want to sleep in then, darling? So how, how does it feel listening back to that now? Well, it's not very nice, if I'm honest. You know, it was a long time ago and I'm, and I'm hearing that again and I'm thinking, oh, God, I, I need to help him and I can't help him. It brings back an awful lot of desperation for me. It's funny, isn't it, how, how, how things can do that. But also, this is in the middle of the night and it's just you and the two small children and he's talking about the man. I mean... I get scared just walking to the toilet now, and I'm a grown, I'm <laughs> I a grown man. I don't. Because um, I imagine all sorts of things. Your imagination runs wild. I think that's, you know, maybe that's just me. But did, did that send shivers up your spine when he said that? Or did you just think, because at that time, um, you hadn't encountered all the, the stuff that was to come. Did you just think, oh, well, it's, it's that nightmare again? I had no idea what was going to unfold. And unless you've had an experience that will bring you that close to the edge, there's no way that you could feel in any way scared about it because you just think you're explaining it away. Uh, Now I hear it, I'm thinking I'm so stupid not to have picked that up before. So... And your other child, were they experiencing anything at that stage or just, just your boy? No, she wasn't. And interestingly enough, she hardly ever woke up when he woke up. Right. And how, how old is she? She was 18, no, 16 months older okay. than him. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, Angel. No, 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 that's fine. So, you know, I'm thinking I've tried everything. Why don't I just give this girl a call and see if she's interested in my story or if it's something that she can help me with or if she can put me in touch with somebody who can. Sure as eggs is eggs, I see her car parked, her van parked. I get the number 
and I called her and she answered almost immediately and very friendly voice. Oh yeah, hi there. And I said, oh, I'm having some issues with my son and I'm just wondering if this sounds like something you can do. I'm wondering if he's somehow being possessed or maybe somebody's trying to speak through him or something like that. She said, oh, great. You know, she's very enthusiastic. She said, well, I can definitely come see you. Um, you know, let's fix up a time. And she did that very quickly. Um, but we, we've spoken about this before. When you said those things to her, you're not coming at that as a, okay, that is now what I entirely believe. This no. is the product of someone who is coming to the end of their tether. You, you mentioned that you were trying to do um, some difficult sort of jobs as well. You're going through a difficult period and this child not sleeping is adding to that. So you, you're sort of going through a bit of a script of, these are the things that would be happening if she could help. Therefore, I'll say that, but I, it could be literally anything. Is it fair to say your mind was a bit more open, but if someone said to you, is your child possessed hand on heart, you'd probably go no. I would have definitely said no, yeah. because that's not something that... It, that's the stuff of films. Right, exactly. And that's the stuff of bad dreams. Yeah. That's not my experience of this world. And, and had you had any interaction with clairvoyance or psychics no. in the past? No. It's fair to say that I may have been interested in it, but I was a sceptic. Right. I'm interested in it to a certain point, but you can explain it all away. So I've been to the doctor. I've been to the sleep doctor at the hospital. I've been doing everything I can to keep the room cool to eliminate the possibility of this happening and it's not happening and I'm at the end of my tether so I'm desperate. I want to try everything I can. So I'm thinking, well, she seems like a nice enough lady. I'll give it a go. So Amy comes to meet me at the house and she parked her van up in the drive and she comes in the kitchen and she sort of looks immediately at the at the back of the kitchen, which is the kitchen door that goes through into the house, into the hallway, into the lounge and the dining room and the study. And she pulls out a chair from the island that we had in the middle of the kitchen. And she said, I'm just going to sit here, if that's OK. And I said, of course, would you like a cup of tea? You know, not thinking anything. And, and, and she said, no, I'm fine. I'm not going to go in there, if that's OK. And I said... Oh, okay, that's fine. And she immediately just went into it. She said, there's, there's a lot of energy coming through your house. I'm feeling like it's starting up here. She's pointing to the top right corner. She said, it's coming from the top of the house. It's winding its way down the stairs and it's going out your door. Wow. So she mentioned the stairs as well. She mentioned the stairs. Yeah. So I'm thinking, okay... Let's just go with this. I've got her here. I don't know what she's talking about. I'm going to listen to what she has to say. And how did you feel when she was saying this? What was your... I'm slightly worried because I've got the children in the house and I don't want them feeling that there's anything going on. And my children are particularly nosy. So they wanted to come and be in the kitchen while Amy was there. And she's saying this stuff. And my mind's thinking, oh, my God, what am I doing? This is a big mistake. You know, they're going to... She's going to start worrying them. They're going to start thinking there's something wrong. This is going to make things worse, not better. But uh, I'm in this situation now. I can't just say, sorry, thanks for your time. 
I could have done, but I'm not a rude person. So she keeps going on uh, and she says, I'm sitting uh, around, I'm in a flower bed. There's vegetables and flowers growing here. I'm feeling really safe. There's sun coming at me from here and I'm feeling safe in here. But over there, I don't want to be. She says it's damp, it's mulchy, it's not a good energy. She then said, I can't help you, but I know somebody that can. She says she's not going to charge me for the session. She then gives me lots of advice. She says, I've got to go around my house clapping in all the corners of the rooms, every single room. I've got to buy some sage to burn around the house. I've got to bring laughter and music into the house. I've got to, I've got to um, wake up the vibrancy of the house. I've got to shake the vibration. I've got to make it really a positive place to be. She asked me to get poems of really nice things and put them on the walls, especially in the hallway. So she's giving me advice, but she's not asking for a penny. She immediately gives me uh, the name of a woman called Maria. And she said, she can help you. Um, I don't know what her availability is, but give her a call. Um, and and you, you said mulch there. We've been through this story before, and that's an important mm, word, isn't it? It is an important word. Again, that word gets repeated three times throughout. Yeah. Um, so it's just all a bit weird now. And, and I'm thinking, A, I've got to get the dinner on. <laughs> But B, you know, where am I going with this? What, 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 what is this? Well, I'm not going to ignore it because I've done this now. I'm going to see it through. So I gave Maria a call. She didn't answer her phone, but she got back to me, the, I think that evening or maybe the very next day. We arranged a time. She came that Saturday. I think this was about the Wednesday. She came on the Saturday and she said on the phone, do you mind if I bring a friend of mine, Gloria? Um, I work with her quite a lot and she's brilliant. And I said, no, I, I really don't mind at all. That's absolutely fine. Um, so she didn't tell me to go and get Sage or anything. It was Amy that advised me to go and get these things. So, but actually, so between me calling Maria, her booking an appointment to come and see me on the Saturday um, and, I'm see- and having seen Amy, I have gone to a shop in Princess Risborough. I've looked up online where to buy the sage uh, and there's like plinky plonky music and stuff. And uh, Can't just go to Waitrose, it has to be special. Got to be a special place. <laughs> but I'd, interestingly enough, I'd noticed that this crystal shop had appeared in Risborough some months before. So it was all a little bit sort of serendipitous. And, and yes, they had sage. So I went into this shop with the children. It's full of crystals. It's really beautiful. And... I'm going in the shop and the children are young, you know, and there's crystals everywhere and it's beautiful and they've got their hands over everything. I'm thinking, ah, don't touch, don't touch. But I'm looking at the crystals, even though I'm in there to buy the sage, I'm just drawn to them. And I'm bending down and I've got my very large handbag on my shoulder, but swung over onto my back so that when I'm bending down, my back's supporting the weight. And I'm looking at these beautiful crystals and all of a sudden my bag gets knocked off my back 
and swings down and I just about save it from crushing all the crystals in the nice glass shelf. And I just quickly turned and went, oh, I'm sorry. And there was nobody there. The woman behind the counter went, <laughs> gave us chuckle. She said, that happens a lot in here. <laughs> so I'm thinking, okay. She said, um, somebody followed you when you came into this shop. Can you smell tobacco? And I said, no, no, I can't. She said, I'm getting a whiff of tobacco. She said, it's okay. He's not going to hurt you. But there's a man and he's pretty tall and he's got these overalls on, done up with braces. He's a quite a big, strong man. And he's filthy, you know, from his knees down. He's got muck all over him. And it's like there's this kind of bogginess that's coming with it. It's like a mulch. There's that word again. And I'm thinking, right, okay. Uh, and I said, oh, um, uh, by the way, I'm in here to buy some sage. You know, moving it on a little bit, thinking, again, got the children. What am I doing? What are these poor children being subjected to? This is really wrong as a parent. So quickly go and get my sage. Um, go and I buy some music. I think I bought a few candles. And actually, I think I bought a little crystal for the children each, you know, because they're over, all over the place and it calms them down a bit. So that was all a bit odd really. Um, and I'm starting to feel a little bit freaked out, but not really, because I'm still not really thinking that there is anything in this. I'm kind of going with it because I've got to, I've got to eliminate this possibility. So as soon as I get home, I burn the sage. It's literally, there's white smoke in the whole house. It, it burns like nothing else. And it's, you know, hugely white everywhere I've got to go in the wardrobes I've got to go in every corner of my house I've got to do my clapping um and then after the sage has been burnt everywhere I then have to open all the windows and doors and then let that smoke go out so I've done this little ritual I'm tickling the children I'm dancing around the kitchen to this music and you know just generally being a goof really and I that's done I'm just now going along the rest of my late week. It's probably Friday by now. I can't really remember. Um, and Saturday's creeping on and I'm getting a little bit apprehensive about Maria and Gloria coming. But again, I've got to get this done. And doing all those things in the short term, did it? Did you feel that it made a difference nope. or anything? You just thought, what am I doing burning sage, basically? I just thought, <laughs> well, I'll give it a go. Yeah, right. So Maria and Gloria turn up. Gloria is this sort of ethereal, what I would call a sort of will-o'-the-wisp character. She's, oh, she's really breathy and light and airy. And she's got her hair in a sort of tight, dyed red bun. She's got a really smiley face with those lovely apple cheeks. Um, she's just not the regular person that I have walking through my door. Maria's quite short, again, lovely lady, nice and smiley. And I'm talking to Maria about what's going on. Meanwhile, Gloria's made a beeline for my dining room, which is through the kitchen door, through the hall, and directly in front of you. 
and she's going in and she's going out. And, and whilst I'm telling this story, Gloria's sort of murmuring small things to Maria. I'm not really paying attention to what she's saying. And Maria said, there's a lot going on here, darling, and I need to get to work. So I'm busying the children, getting stuff ready for their lunch. Maria's up in the house. She's got this big owl feather and she's doing sage and she's saying things. Um, And Gloria is in this dining room and she comes out like, like with a burst of wind. She said, look, look, darling, look at this. Look at this. And she shows me the back of her neck and her hairs are standing straight out, like horizontally, but dead straight, as though she's got static electricity in her hair. And she said, oh, my God, I just had the most amazing experience. Maria comes down the stairs and Gloria says to me, does the name Reg mean anything to you? And I said, no. She said, oh, darling, this is amazing. His wife's been waiting for him for over a hundred years. He's afraid of retribution and he doesn't want to pass over to the other side because he thinks he's going to be in trouble. And here it comes. Here comes the story. Somebody did his wife wrong. It wasn't clear whether he had assaulted her sexually or physically or something but it was enough to make Reg the husband's blood boil and they are working in the same vicinity but some way away from this other guy and Reg makes a long handled object with a sharp knife on the end and he kills the other man so he murders who has wronged his wife therefore he's obviously afraid of judgment now this is the story that I am told I'm thinking oh god here we go and had you I mean you mentioned earlier your child saying about the the stick with the sharp thing uh, had you told them that or uh, no no okay I hadn't told them that and That was one of the hooks that made me swallow because I'm thinking, oh, my God. Now, as the story unfolds, because they stay for quite a while, they tell me that my house had been built on the land that the outbuildings and the sheds for the heavy horses and cattle that were helping to build the railway were kept in. And Reg was there to keep the cattle and the horses and to use them and to drive them to haul these heavy iron steels or whatever they are that build railways. Where we were standing in the shed was the dining room. It was mulchy. It was boggy. It was an animal shelter. Now... There had always been, here we go, a smell. I'm not going to lie, it was like a damp, churchy smell. And I've often heard people say about this funny smell. We'd had a survey done on the house, a really decent survey, because we had 
really upped our game to buy this house. And we needed to make sure that we weren't buying a lemon, you know. And no damp came out on the survey, not a tiny bit. Yet this dining room had always smelled damp. So there are a few things that are starting to kind of fit together now. And I'm feeling slightly wobbly, but slightly grateful that I'd got to this point. Now, Gloria helped Reg pass over to the other side that day. And so she was feeling huge elation and feeling probably his soul being lightened or something like that. Did she say how she'd done that or did you know how she did She didn't say. And I didn't ask. You know, going back, I'd love to ask her. There are so many things I'd like to ask these lovely ladies. Again, they didn't want payment. Um, So when we'd sort of wrapped everything up, Maria said to me that there was an enormous amount of energy coming from the railway. And guess where the railway was? top right of the kitchen she's pointing in that direction it comes from the railway through the house on the first flight of the stairs going up the hall to the landing she said that wall on that bit of square had a portal coming through and there was an enormous amount of energy running through my house and and in what, what is your understanding of what that means? What, what would a, if you can explain what a portal was? So I, again, I didn't ask, right. but I've seen enough sci-fi films to know that that could be some kind of a thing from another world, an, an opening, a doorway, a, a sort of entrance or exit, perhaps. Yeah, it's funny as you were talking about it. I was thinking about you know those scenes in Poltergeist where they're kind of going right. through, and... or there's a series on at the moment, His Dark Materials. Yeah. That sort of walking through into worlds from other worlds. And she said, it's all right. I've closed it. Reg isn't here anymore. This is cleansed. You should be fine now. And she said, by the way, did you know that there's a little girl standing next to you? God. I said, no. She said, it's all right. She's not going to do you any harm. She, she adores you. She wants you to be her mum. Before I'd got Amy involved to get Gloria and Maria involved, I often would stay up late working at night in the study, which is, again, off that very same hallway. And I was often really tired. Two, three o'clock in the morning, often I would work till because I was dealing with America a lot at the time. And one night I was... Sure, I'd heard sobbing, like a child crying. And of course, my instant thing is to go upstairs and check the children and make sure they're all right and they're dead asleep. And then it happened again some months afterwards. And I sure as eggs as eggs went upstairs and didn't sit there any longer that night. But doesn't that kind of make sense? That there's this child attached to me and that I'd heard sobbing and that I'd seen the form of a young girl going into this wardrobe in the hallway. I mean, it's, it's just, you can't make it up. And the, the, 
the young girl, did that tie into the story with Reg at all, or is that something separate? Completely separate. Right. But I suppose if you've got a portal in your house, <laughs> that kind of stuff can happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's really interesting. So as soon as um, these people have come to your house, they, they, they've done this work, Reg had passed over, um, did you notice a change in the house at all, like immediately? Or Theo as... never had a bad dream like it. Wow. It never happened again. And speaking to him, he 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 knows about rage, right? He remembers. He remembers. And and he thinks it's real. He thinks it's real. Yeah. So how so did you suddenly at that moment go, Okay, this can't all be made up then? Yeah. For me, my mind was pretty made up because, you know, how can it all of a sudden stop? And mm. how can someone who I've never met before, whose shop I'm standing in, see some chap in his overalls? And, and you think that was Reg? Gloria had described Reg as a chap with overalls on and those correlations were just too significant for me to think that that wasn't something and and what they said about the house and the kind of history of the house did you look into that at all have you have you checked whether do you know I haven't? I think because for me, my life's so fast and busy. Yeah. I'm moving on to the next thing all the time. Now I'm convinced of what happened and I'm happy with the results. So, so in a way, maybe you for don't me, want to know. I don't really need any more confirmation because my problem is solved. Mm. Um, what has happened to me since is that I will never question if anybody says anything in that way I there is no way I can explain away somebody else's thoughts feelings or experiences it's 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 made me aware that there are things that regular people cannot explain and that somehow there are people out there that really do know that this stuff is going on and the, the problem is is that you know I've spoken to so many people about this and they just think I'm mad yeah. And I don't I don't think I'm mad. I think I'm open now. Yeah. Well, what's interesting is that uh both of your kids said the same thing. They said that um they were very open minded because of this. And we had that conversation when we were preparing for this podcast. And you said to them, what do you think? This is in no way, you haven't influenced them at all. They've drawn their own conclusions from this. No. And they both come across as having very mature world views. And it feels like their um, sense of how everything works, they, 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 it seems like they question a lot of stuff, but they, they're not up for poo-pooing people. They want to understand what people really think. And that, it seems like that they would point to this experience as being something that helped them reach that opinion, become more open-minded about the world. They've spoken to me since it's happened. Um, it's been some years now. And 
they've said to me, Mum, do you remember when that happened? And I say, yeah, darling, I do. And they say, will it ever happen again, do you think? And I say, I, I don't know. I guess in a way, there may be a bit of a reluctance to really know what Reg did or rather read the opinion of somebody else who found out of what Reg did because I don't want to feel that perhaps my son was being taken over by somebody who was completely horrible. That's a possibility. Mm. But I also do know that I've accepted it and... I feel okay now and I'm not scared of it because there is no greater sign for me than the fact that Theo never had a bad dream like that again. He's had other dreams. In fact, he now has dreams where he's giggling. So maybe it is happening again. <laughs> Better giggling than the other. Right? Exactly. But I, I think that's the whole point for us ever deciding to do this project is um, most of the world, if they haven't experienced it or just live in a very narrow reality, they don't want to talk about it because the truth is these things happen. And it might be that um, there might be another level to what you were doing. Maybe, you know, maybe Reg, maybe he was a demon. Maybe he was something worse than what he thinks he is. Maybe that's a deception. But the fact that uh, what happened happened and you are entirely sane and lead an entirely normal life is is the thing that surprises not well not surprises but I think other people find very hard to accept because I think people put these stories into the category of well if you go to a UFO convention you meet somebody who claims that they have tea with the Venusians on the dark side of the moon every other Thursday. And they've got great laps on Susha or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but how where where do you, where does one draw the line? And it's because it's very hard to draw that line, because who am I to say he's not having tea with the Venusians on the dark side of the moon? It seems infinitely unlikely, but it also seems infinitely unlikely that a small girl would come and attach herself via a portal through exactly. that wall. But the evidence is all there. Yeah. And so has it changed your world view? Do you think about things in a different way? Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, I changed my view that day that Gloria and Maria came round because the they sort of tied up the loose ends for me, really. And it was a sort of... I guess I feel a little bit as though... I've been going through my life with blinkers on. This has happened to me a few times in my life, not uh, an experience like that, but feeling that I've been living my life with blinkers on because there have been two or three experiences that I've had, this being one of them, where my eyes are just broadened to mm. seeing and feeling and thinking other things. And, and, and I'm grateful for that mm. because I think that that's, that's a very powerful thing i think the other the other thing that's interesting is like i said i know a little bit about the story but i didn't know you know much detail and it was interesting in the early parts of you talking to people coming to the house the kind of cynic in me was kind of going 
oh, well, this is, it sounds like some kind of con. You get the first person to come around, say they're doing it for free, then you get, the, you know, and, it, yep. and actually that, yeah, that must have gone through your mind as well. But the fact that, you know, I can't see anyone who's really gaining out of this unless, well, I, unless it's the Sage marketing board who kind of you know, <laughs> promoting They'd Sage. have to be creating a lot of stories <laughs> yeah, to exactly. make a good profit on yeah, that. Yeah, it's a long way to go for a tenor, isn't it? Yeah, 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 exactly. yeah. Well, so Gloria Maria, I, I was immediately endeared to them. There was something about their personalities that was very comforting immediately. And I'm not, when I meet people, I don't have an agenda of what I want to get out of somebody. Even in a situation like that, I take people as I find them. But there was definitely something lovely about them. And especially Gloria, who was just this, <gasps> this breathy will-o'-the-wisp. Um, and what they did say is that they found that it was a very interesting village. And do you, did I think I knew of any other stories like that in the village? And I said, well, no, I don't, but... My children and I are very drawn to the hermit's house. Now, there's a public footpath, there's quite a few through Ilma, and one of them takes you to a field with an orchard in it. And in, in and amongst the brambles, there is a self-built tiny house. It's a shell of a house now. And then there's sort of corrugated iron with brambles all over it derelict and it's completely ruined but we used to go in there quite a lot because I'm quite adventurous and I enjoy getting my kids outdoors and I did mention this to them and right there and then they took themselves off they didn't have the right shoes or anything and they took themselves off and I'm still getting oh I've got to get things done for the kids and got to go here and we've got to go there and as I'm coming back from the food shop they're coming back down the lane and they said, oh, my goodness, there's so much going on. You know, they, they, what they wanted was more of those experiences. They loved what they do. They weren't there for, um, for gaining money. They just wanted to help people. True altruism. I don't even know what that word means. Uh, uh, being altruistic, just um, existing not for mercenary means, but just to be decent, honest helpful people well i think also they know they've got a gift yeah. and if gloria's yeah. getting so much out of sending reg's soul yeah. to go and be with his wife who's been desperately waiting for her how do i know that's not true you know if she's feeling that and i mean that's a pretty special feeling to be able to do that mm. so that's what they do it for just the same way that i work with children and i get so much back because if one of those children can get something in a day, I feel like I've done something. And have you kept in contact with them at no. all? No follow-up? So it's, yeah, okay. No. Yeah. So one day, maybe we can all be ghosts too. Well, you better watch out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hope so. I really like it. Well, Ben, you often smell of mulch. <laughs> <laughs> it's all super drug had left. <laughs> Well, thank you. That is quite an astonishing story. I've never heard anything quite like that. So honest and obviously real and something that was so life-changing. And I hope that people who hear it become more open-minded to these things and don't start poo-pooing it 
because if everything there is true, it's not supernatural. It's just part of science. It's just part of how the world works. Yeah. Well, you know, if I can give anyone comfort in them listening to this, you know, I'm open to talking to people about this. It doesn't bother me. You know, if if, uh, if it offers any of your listeners any comfort or makes them realise that they're not actually mad because people have told them so, then that's a good thing. Well, hopefully you'll come back and join us really soon. If you'll have me back. Of don't course. know what I'm going to say next because I haven't got any other stories. But Maybe hopefully not then. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you, Nikki. That's been amazing. Thank that's you. That's all right. Thank you. I have to say I found kind of Nikki's uh, story very, very intriguing and... For me, I think the thing that came across was she wasn't necessarily a believer in this stuff, and she's she maybe still not be a believer in this stuff. She just know knows that it worked for her, and that her kind of problem hopefully has gone away. But uh, really interesting. Yeah. Well, also I think there's you, you, there's no there's, she's got nothing to gain from from this at all. She hasn't written a book. She didn't get paid to come on here. Um, if it wasn't true, I mean, as you know, I, I, I went round to see her at her house and um, her kids talk about it in a very matter-of-fact way. And, you know, they're, they're young. They've also got nothing to gain. In fact, they've got a lot to lose. I imagine that it's quite um, challenging to bring this up in the playground if you're 11 or 12. But I did notice that um, when I talked to them about it, they seemed very open-minded to this it doesn't seem to them that this is a strange thing to happen they just take it as a fairly matter-of-fact thing that happened but it's remarkable that you know the majority of people you mention this to they will try and explain it away with it was a psychological disorder um it was just a child making up stories but that doesn't really hold water. But the mysterious thing is what what is the explanation? The only the the only two explanations that really work are there's people there's a lot of people conspiring to make this up or it happened. Yeah, and I think well, I think that's the other interesting thing about Nikki. She you know, she didn't get defensive when we asked her about, well, you know, you were going through a stressful time, could it be something that's psychological or something else? You know, and I, I think what impressed me, her attitude to that was, yeah, maybe maybe it was. All I know that we did this stuff and had these people around and it made a difference. I think also the, the other point that you made about, you know, there's nothing financially for her to gain in doing this. I thought that was interesting about her story because when she first started talking about clairvoyance and people coming around, you know, as as I was listening to the story, my first thought was, Oh yeah. So where's the money coming? Where's the oh? If you want to get rid of this thing, then you need to buy this, buy that. But none of these people that came round accepted any money. You know, there may be a conspiracy theory that it's from the Sage Marketing Board is the only people to profit from this. But yeah, yeah, big Sage, (laughs) big Sage. Yeah, (laughs) it's big Sage money that's driving these kind of phenomena. But you know, I think that that was quite impressive. So every time I was listening to her story, and I thought, ah, yeah, but she would say something or explain something that made me go, oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Well, there's one way that we could um, add some extra meat to the truth bones of this, which is to look back at the history of her property, which she hasn't 
done. So I think we're going to take that as a side project and come back to that one. Because if we can find a history of that property where it shows that somebody called Reg lived there, if there is a um, a wife who appears to be deceased, these are all things which it's possible to find out, but we're going to have to do some digging. And you have to ask, you know, how would, how would she know those things? Yeah, or even the fact that, that her house was the basis of railway workers or something like that, because I don't think she knew that in advance or, or knew no. that when she moved in or, or even subsequently knows that. So, again, that would add some validity to the story if we can find out, even if it was, yes, it was used by railway workers as a house, even if we can't, you know, it's, it might be quite difficult to find out, you know, Reg and his wife and all that tale, but even if we can find the basics of... Yes, it was a house that railway workers used or whatever. That gives some kind of credence to the story, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we'll go and... Well, I think, I think the other thing that'd be interesting to say is, you know, we've, um, we've talked to... When we were putting this together, we talked to another couple of people who had similar experiences to Nikki, but just didn't really want to talk about it. But if, if anyone out there is... If this rings a bell with anyone or anyone thinks, well, yeah, that's very similar to our story, then get in touch with us you know the details will uh, be on the podcast of how you can email us and get in touch with us and tell us your stories and if you've got an email from the sage marketing board we won't read it <laughs> maybe we should get sponsorship oh yeah that's true we could do with some sponsorship <laughs> okay well thank you very much for joining us uh, today i hope you found nikki's story interesting we certainly did and uh, more quantum mechanics fun next time see you later Quantum mechanics.